morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. I'll just check in and see how we are. Consciousness is beaming. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny that it's funny that you know consciousness is beaming. Until that happens, it sounds like bullshit. <laughs> you know, it's like really, <laughs> you know, consciousness is. But actually, it's like oh, now I get it. it that's really what's happening. It's weird. It's the weirdest thing. It actually shows up to be true. Even though it's like jargon, non-June jargon for ages, you know? And then it's like, oh my God, that's what they were talking about. But, but you know, it, it rolls as it rolls. Grasping is just going to make it go further away, and that's the bummer. <laughs> so let's try this one again without moving your body. With, with ah! <laughs> Isn't it incredible? It's an incredible, uh, automatic. So, and what I want you to notice is that your body probably was in an uncomfortable situation, but there wasn't an awareness of your body. Do you see? So that's really the purpose of that. So see if your body is comfortable in the natural position it's in right now. And if it's not, straighten it up. But check in and have awareness of like, God, do I hold myself like that? Because when we hold our bodies... Sorry, I, I'm, I'm, I'm... If you can be behind the speakers, it's better. Oh, that's what it is. Okay. Okay. When we hold our bodies in a way that's uncomfortable, your mind will use your body to store memories, intelligence, trauma. So if your body gets used to being open and loose and free, there's much more opportunity for... Emotional detox, mental detox, as well as physical detox. The contraction is less. Because your mind will use your body, your mind, your energy field. It will use everything, your, your memory rather. It will use all of these components to build up the resources for the me story. So the more your whole demeanor is, is open, inside, you know, inside. And then your body will relax from the inside. But another to go, way to go about it is like, how's my body doing right now? You know? So it's worth, it's, it, it's worth having a look to see, yeah, what, what, where's that holding? Where's that holding going on right now? Because at the end of the day, it's your mind's agenda to keep the personal me story alive, that identity alive. And that's not who you are. That's just a function for participating in the world. It has no other role. It has no value. It's always going to be looking for something better, another story, improving something, it's always going to be rejecting and seeking and rejecting and seeking and happy for a little while and then cranking up again looking for more. You know, forever making judgments so that it's better or worse because it has to have then, you know, if I make a judgment of that, am I better or worse because of that judgment? So it's always trying to reinforce its own position. It needs to keep creating its reference point so that you have a role, so that you have an identity but that's not what you are at all. So I'd love to invite you to the place of where there's trust that your personality is going to do just fine without having to 
Monitor yourself against how others are doing. Monitor yourself against how am I received or rejected. Monitoring yourself against approval at work, at colleagues, with friends. Could we just wipe that slate clean? What if there's no reference point for the sense of me, myself, I? No reference point at all. So that in the moment, you trust yourself enough to respond automatically as an adult. You've got like a bundle of years of wisdom, of living. That's a huge resource that you already have. That will give you wisdom, even if you're living as a hermit, it will give you wisdom. Trust that to be in your personality so that you know how to do everything from comfort a friend, to drive the car, to manage at work, to make a cup of coffee, whatever it is. You have these skills, trust it. Don't make it about you. Did I say the right thing there? Did I do? Stop self-referencing. Stop. Just stop it. What you do is the best that you can do in any moment. Enough. Enough. Then you can stay in the present. Then you're not assessing or planning. You see? You're not analyzing, evaluating, checking to see how you're doing. Because that's really why we go over memories. It's like, how did I do there? That's really what's going on. How did I do? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's gone. And you're missing what's happening right now. And consciousness can only be here in the present. It doesn't do memories. It doesn't do any of that stuff. That's just all your, you know, your, your, your conditioning and patterns of thinking that, that we picked up along the way because we didn't know how to use our mind properly. So there's a few bad habits to break. And there's a huge freedom when you stop doing that self-checking, self-referencing. Guilt is gone. Shame is gone. Uh, regret is gone. Just It's wiped out. You're cutting it off at the knees. Even that loosening is like, ah, oh, let this, that openness come, you know, there'll be relief in your body and then we'll be back to the body is more relaxed. Body is more relaxed because you're not protecting who you think you are. There is nothing to contract and to hold, you see? And you, you, because of your own perception shifting, it's actually kind of safe all the time. Your mind is the one that poses the danger actually safe all the time, so something more open will seem more natural to you. What can happen to you? What can happen to you? You're your own enemy, you know. Thank heaven we live in a society where it's pretty much safe. You know, we're not going out there. Most days we don't have to consider that somebody's going to jump out from a bush and murder us. But we're safe, you know. We're pretty much safe. It's quite rare now that you get attacked like that. So, rather than I'm not safe being your MO, I am safe. And then drop both safe, not safe. It's not an issue. Let it be not an issue. Let it be not an issue at all. There's a great freedom in that. There's an expansion in that. Does anybody have a question to ask about that right now?
go on. So where is your attention right now? Is there any access at all to that which is like prior to what I'm talking about? So you've got the capacity to listen to what I'm talking about? And then there's a capacity to to be aware of the backdrop, something deeper. Have you access to both at the same time? Well, I know you have that capability, but do you know how to do it? <laughs> do you have that sense yourself? Is there anybody who's like, no, and I'm listening to you, I can't drop back? <clears throat> Is there anybody who's, who's just not able to drop into some kind of level of depth and listen to these words at the same time? Yes. Yes, Brian? I'm going to say I'm not sure. You're not sure? All right. All right. All right. Very good. Okay. So one way of doing it is... There's lots of ways of doing it. Let me just find one that would work for you. Okay. Do you know... Do you know when you're talking to somebody and you're actually like, oh shoot, I left the car lights on, oh God. You're actually having a conversation and then there's this other, oh my God, I forgot to make that phone call. All right? You know, okay, this, so I guess yes. I guess I right. say yes. So that's, that's, that's your mind. That's the, that's the level of mind being able to do two stories, two personal stories, two phenomenal, normal world stories. Okay? So that's the proof of the bandwidth that your attention can be split between two things, okay? So this, the front story, Jack is talking and you're listening to words and comprehending and we're engaging. And then the back story is like, it's more a sense of something. What, what I'm aware of, I said yes, and what I'm aware of is that when I, now that I really know what you're talking about, the experience you're talking about, when I do that, there's an experience of something is has the capacity to be listening to the words. I don't need to be there. Yes. It's going to be understood and interpreted. Yes. Right? Yes. So the, the me that, you, that used to feel like it needed to be there. Yes. There you go. There you go. That's exact. That's beautifully said, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for me, it... it, it it used to feel like that I was like in front of myself, engaged in the world, like totally engaged in the experience of it, you know? And it's like, but, 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 but when I'm out there doing that, then I can observe doing that, but really I'm not behind. I'm just kind of, I can observe it, but I'm not behind. And then with the work, it started to open and it's like, actually, I, I, I'm only behind. And, and this thing in front, absolutely, as you say, kind of, does it automatically. Comprehension happens automatically. Um, and even if you need to focus on something, you don't have to leave the position of being aware of something deeper inside. That's the part I'm not there yet. The, uh -huh. the focus, it was like um, um, our friend yesterday was saying about focusing and then <laughs> back. Yeah, yeah. It's 
even, even spiritual teachers differ on this. I can only say how it is for me. When I focus on something, my mind will tell me that all of my attention is on focusing. But the awareness that's there, there is no jerk, no movement back to it. So I know that the, that the awareness in the depth is there. It used to be that there was a like a, oh, okay, now I'm back. I, I, you know, I would like, like a gear shift in a car. You know, it'd be like, a, uh, it'd be a blip going back to the awareness. But it's not. It's like, it's like the awareness is there and focusing, concentrating on something happens and the awareness is still there. But the concentration is active and it's taking as much of my attention as it needs but somehow, when that subsides, that phase subsides, there is no shift. There's no shift. And somehow you get to know that, shoot, that's there all the time. And you get to see the difference of what your attention does when you're concentrating on something. And it's like, whoa, that superimposition on top of pure consciousness that's there all the time thinks it takes all my attention, but actually it doesn't. My bandwidth for attention is broader. That's how it happened for me. It's like, gosh, my, my bandwidth for attention is broader. I, I can see now the nature of concentrating on something. It doesn't take all of it. It actually doesn't. It just wants me to think it. It takes all of it. So it's this kind of subtle watching and understanding of how your own mind works. You see? Yeah, that, feels, that really feels like a stretch. Like it's, a, it's a stretch. Yeah. It's a stretch of your bandwidth. Yeah. It is, yeah. And, and, and what it is, is... Your capacity to be aware, conscious of what your brain is doing, what, what your mind is doing, and your capacity as pure consciousness also to be picked up by your brain. You see? So pure consciousness has its own mechanism of being aware. And in this work, pure consciousness is feeding into our brain and we go for the shift in our mind so that pure consciousness is feeding into this 3D physical grey matter lump, you know? You see? So that's what it's about because like the body dies and, and there's an awareness, you know, there's even from a scientific perspective, you know, nope, they were dead, they were dead for 15 minutes on the table during surgery, whatever, and they were like, no, I wasn't dead, I saw this conversation going on over there, I saw this, it's like, what? You know? And they know, no, it wasn't that your hearing is the last one to go. It wasn't that. They've excluded those other things that were going through the body to pick it up. It's like, actually, outside the door, this was happening. You know? So they're like, oh, shoot. Okay. Okay. What's going on here? You know? But they don't know what to do with it. But in, in the non-dual world, yeah, that's, that's normal for us. You know? Whether, let's see if science can marry our understanding of it. But it's normal for us that consciousness has a capacity to be aware of itself without the physical body. You know? You see, consciousness doesn't need anything. You know? And it, as it rolls out, its capacity to be aware of itself comes about with the concept of existence. It's like, oh! Existence can happen. So it kind of begins to turn around and see itself. There is a feeling of existence. And then we move into space and time and we roll out. We're not that important. We're the tail end. You know, we're the tail end. We're the dense part that kind of is at the, the pinnacle of, of the depth, the suffering, the 
creator of suffer, suffering, the destructive patterns. We do all that, you know, and, and then we peel back from there. So we're the turning point for pure consciousness, you see? So it can be aware of itself way before the physical form. It is aware of itself, aware of itself way before the physical form. So what we're doing is tapping in while the physical form is here, dead while you're alive in the body. You know? It's like, wow, me as pure consciousness knows that, but me as a personality is having sure trouble with that. You know? And that makes complete sense. And I'd like you to kind of figure out what's pure consciousness. What's the knowing of pure consciousness? My knowing place, my being place. And then there's my personality doing that. And have you access to both all of the time? That's the Bandwidth. Getting it? Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. This was exactly why I came today with talking about consciousness. I don't really have to. <coughs> You're right on. Yeah. And that's what I'm looking for is like when the crack has happened, this isn't new to you. All it's doing is I'm putting words on what you know yourself. And please find that, so that I'm putting words on what you know for yourself. And if it's just out of concept for you, it's fine. Park it there. Don't accept it as theory. Don't. Just park it there. You know, and say, okay, let's see on my own journey if, if, if I line up with what she says or not. Let's see. Park it there, you know, and, and do your work. So that you can drop your me, myself, I. That's what you're after, dropping the me, myself, I, seeing that it's not you. So whatever you have to do to stop supporting, it's reinforcing itself. <laughs> I don't know if you heard yourself say it, but it struck me. You said consciousness doesn't need anything. And I, I chuckled and I was like, yeah, totally, I feel that. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't need anything. Yeah. It doesn't need anything. And that's the beauty of when you go into that state. It's like, what the heck? What am I worried about? What? It's all fine. It's all fine. But then to be able to manage both lenses of perception at the same time. It's like, it's not fine to punch somebody in the face, actually. You know? But when you go into meditation, oh, actually it is fine. It's like, okay, so there's two sets of rules here. So that's why we need a bit of maturity and a bit of wisdom. It's like, phenomenally in the world, of course, we have a code of practice to live together as people. Of course. But there is a capacity within you that knows... Doesn't matter. There's another capacity that says it never happened. Another one that says it couldn't have happened because it's not real. I would have to imagine that it's real in order for it to happen. You see? But at different points of perception, these perspectives are valid. They're valid. But, but we have to honor what's appropriate at every stage, and that's maturity. That's spiritual wisdom. Making sense? It is. Yeah. So in that way, then, we, we can't get away with jumping over any level. You know, it's like each lens of perception has to be clear and understood. And it's like you develop some new kind of set of skills to be able to monitor, okay, at what level is this going on? You know, pure consciousness knows that this is a storm in a teacup, but actually someplace else it's very valid. And do you have the wisdom to be able to manage effectively in both? You know?
but not until every stone is turned, you know, and you can really understand, oh, that's the way mind plays there, you know. But it's a great exercise. It's great, really good fun to see, wow, that's what my mind is doing now, really? Hmm, that's interesting. That's what it's doing with that, huh? It's hanging out there. It doesn't want to come back and see the truth of the situation. It's like, it's really pissed off that it wiped all the files from last night. You know, it's really pissed off. And it's like, okay, another lens of perception says, oh, it doesn't matter. Another one says, oh, we're not here anyway. And it's like, no, actually, the, most, the place of most integrity is, I wiped all the frigging files. That's the place of most integrity. That's where I will see if there's bullshit running. You know? Because if there's avoidance, if there's, like, so exa that example, it looks like I'm using that example. Okay. <laughs> okay, wiped all the camera files this morning. All right. So then I could say, oh, well, doesn't matter. I could use a spiritual concept. Oh, yeah, just accept what is. I could grab a concept, right? I didn't. I'm like, okay, I wiped the files. And the first thing I said was, there I got it, something really effing stupid. He was in the shower and he goes, what? And I'm like, I just completely obliterated last night's camera file. And he goes, okay. You know, because it's like, okay, that's, that's, she's doing what she's doing, whatever, you know. He knows now well enough not to engage, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, it took a long time to learn that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So then it's like, okay, Carlos would be a good YouTube. Mm. Terrence would be a beautiful YouTube too. Then that conversation about love, all right. And it was like that. I just went through, oh, they're the pieces that would have been gems, you know? And I was like, all right, okay. Let's see what happens today. Let's see what happens today. And, and I wonder what happened. That's what I went into then. I wonder what happened in my brain that I actually deleted it instead of uploading it to Dropbox, which is my norm. What? I wonder what happened in my brain. And then that's the story I was in. I wonder what happened in my brain. How did I do that? What? What happened there? And I got no answer. And then it was over. The whole thing was over. So the whole thing took about three minutes. Now, if I'd used a spiritual concept, I would have missed that process. And that was the organic process for the Jack character. So I was pissed off. And I said, and can I learn something from it? But there was no blame, no regret, no sense of, you know, apart from like, oh, look, 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 look at what can't be. So that was as much of a loss as was there. Oh, yeah, that would have been nice. That would have been nice. Okay, it's gone. You know, it's just like revisiting and done. So a couple of minutes. Rather than avoiding it and going to denial. And if I got into denial, oh, well. It was never there anywhere. Oh well, that's 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 fine. They're gone. If I grabbed a spiritual concept, you can be sure that my mind would have done something with the experience because it wouldn't have been processed. I wouldn't naturally have come out of it, right? Like processing it and letting it go. What my mind would have done instead would be packaging it somewhere and it would have done something with it. Because the motivation to deny the natural release of that would get legs, would expand, because it would be about denying something, hiding something, and it would, I would find another bit of density in my system. It would find something, uh, find something of like, you know, 
it's my fault or anger or you know that's and stuff accumulates and then you get a bigger story and a bigger story that's what happens so that's why that's why what I say if you you know you if you get road rage or something let it rip if somebody does something boom, let it go let the processing happen let it come out and then it's done it really is done there's no fire Anything at all that gets suppressed, even in the name of spirituality, it will rot. It will rot. And that's the level of honesty that I'm encouraging. I don't know any other way except to be brutally honest and allow every reaction and every story to do its thing. And then it peters. If it has nothing else to grab onto, it's gone. It's gone really quickly. So denying any response is trouble. It's trouble. And that's what we do an awful lot of in spirituality these days. Is oh, I should be able to just accept this. And it's like, yeah, okay, you're moving towards accepting it, but, but feel. Feel what's going on and let it dissipate. Let it dissipate. Don't bury a charge with a spiritual concept. Don't bury a charge. Diffuse it. Yes, Mahesh. You want to use the mic so it will record better for the audio? For, for a roving oh, mic? For the audio. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Sorry, I don't think to screen change. Thanks, Mahesha. I'm technologically a bit off this weekend, so thanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you It happens, you know, yeah, yeah, it is what it is. Now it is what it is, now that I know that's what's going on. So actually, I have two questions, one related to what you were talking about and one related to yesterday. Yes. So if the timing for the second question is not right, I can save it for later. But the question today, when you're talking about expanding the bandwidth, we almost, I mean, we already have expanded bandwidth, like driving. We can drive because we learn, it's sort of ingrained in us, and then we can do other things without worrying about paying attention to yes. without paying extra attention and not thinking about anything else. Yes. So that's a recognition yes. of the expanded bandwidth. We just don't realize yes. that it's all part of the bandwidth. We already It's all part of it. Multitasking. It's all part of expanding bandwidth. Yeah, you're right. So we already have it. So you, you do, but but when it's like a multitasking or doing something automatic if, if the bandwidth is within functions of the brain only, that's one thing. So it's a slightly different thing if it's a bandwidth to pick up pure consciousness. Did you see what I mean? Yeah. Picking up pure consciousness as well as having. So the first layer is, is multitasking, is automatically driving while you're having a conversation with somebody. Perfect. Okay, but both are mental activities. Both are using your task or your brain. Both are using your brain. So the, yeah, so the attunement to pure consciousness, just, it's a little bit more refined. Make sense? Yeah. yeah. The second question I have relates to the, yesterday, when we were talking about love and all there is, is love. In non-duality, we talk about lover, beloved, and loving. Is loving sort of synonymous with the movement that you were talking about yesterday? Great question. Okay, so lover, loving the beloved. So when we move out of the dualistic perspective where I'm a player, the, the me and the you disappear, but the verb stays. 
the verb stays the whole way back. So pure consciousness does loving. That's your dead right. That's what bleeds back the whole way. But it's not loving anything. It's not doing anything. There's just loving. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I wanted to clarify because there is no doer and no, no. But loving itself happens. It's there. Loving happens. It's there. And if we can take away the I love you, we use that language more frequently in this culture than any place I've ever come across in my life. <laughs> I was like, God, it's, it's said so freely. It's amazing. So um, uh, in Ireland, it's like, it's, it's, it's actually not said at all. It's quite weird, isn't it? <laughs> it's like, I was never told by my parents, I love you. I mean, it just didn't happen. Never. It's never, ever happened. It's like, that language is the reserve of romantic relationships only. It's weird. Anyway, that's a side bar. Um, so even if you're saying I love you to somebody, if you have that awareness of this is just loving an expression, you know, just, just to know what it is. Because if you don't have that attunement, if, you, if you've blocked out pure consciousness and loving itself, then the words really are, I love you. And do you know what will happen next? There's an expectation. <laughs> There's an expectation. Some kind of payback. Some kind of like, it's all about me and you because you're, you're in that dimension now and you've forgotten what's really going on. Yeah, you become a doer. You started. become the doer. You become mm -hmm. the doer. And the doer always wants a return. Always, you know, invariably. It's doing for some reason. You know? You're, you know? So how do you link this to the potentiality that you were talking about? Where that, that yes. concept, if you will, yes. fits in this? Yes. So loving, when we're, when we're at that place of pulling back where there's not the dualistic setup, but where there's just the verb itself. So way back, pure consciousness, like not way back, it's just that this is what pure consciousness does, but it feels like it's prior. So when pure consciousness is involved in, I suppose, if it's a... A landing place for us in pure consciousness is the place of the verb without the me or you, before diversity breaks in. So perceiving happens, but nobody's perceiving anything. Loving happens, and you've nobody loving anybody. It's the in place. Watching, listening, okay? So without, without the components, the players, but the verb itself is happening. That's a good landing place for us, us to be. Now, prior to that, before it splits into these activities, we have the potential for the activities, the potential for perceiving, loving. We have the potentiality is love. And love shows up as perceiving. The split is starting and turning into verbs. Thank you for confirming. Sure. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Can you get the mic, the mic to Terry there? I, I found this is off topic, but it's. Um, I just had this visual and does love, larger source of love, 
could flow through consciousness or is somehow that embedded in consciousness which comes through? It's embedded because it's movement. We call, what we call movement is actually love. They're, they're the same thing. We just call it movement because we loosely use the word movement. Like we use, loosely use every word. You know? We're loose, you know? <laughs> movement is love. So as consciousness begins to move, the movement itself is love. It's that much the essence of it. It's movement. It's not grokking for you yet, huh? No, I'm just, well, I'm letting it kind of come yeah. in. But I, am, I mean, yeah. Yeah, love to me is, is movement. It, it can't be contained. It's expansive. It's creating. Yes. Um, They're the attributes of it. Yeah. See? Investigate. Are they the same thing? But you'd have to move away from the phenomenal aspect of movement and the phenomenal aspect of love. Go within yourself and see, are they... Investigate. And this kind of inquiry is really useful. It's like, investigate. I, you've got to find out for yourself. Is, is this true? Is there a place where love and movement are actually the same thing? And if they're not, what is movement? What is movement? I feel they are the same thing. So do I. So do I. <coughs> yeah. Thank you. Front row here. Hi. Um, how does this work with the physical realm? For instance, I have a lot of body pain all the time, and I'm now obsessed with my health. <coughs> and uh, some days just really unbearable. It interferes with my sleep, too. Uh, otherwise, in the world, it's functioning pretty well. <laughs> but I'm stuck in the uh, physical pain. Yeah. Physical pain is a, a great teacher. Do you know your body's going to die? Like, do you know that? Is that okay? All right. Okay. Can you drop the desire to be pain-free? <coughs> I can consider it. You can consider it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, drop it right this moment. Maybe it will drop away. <laughs> So can you see how you're feeding the desire to be pain-free? You see, it's not about the pain, it's about what your mind is doing with the experience you're having. Because the experience you're having is being created by concepts, fundamentally. Now, I, I, you know, at this level, I'm not into like changing the concepts in order to change the outcome, because that's kind of bringing desire with us. I'm more interested in if you're feeding the desire to be pain-free, let's look at the desire, because the desire enriches your experience. If we have a desire for something or against something, if you have a desire for an ice cream, 
the ice cream is either going to be really good and satisfy the desire or terrible and disappointing. But your experience will be intensified because there was a desire. Rather than somebody says, hey, I'm buying an ice cream, do you want one? Yeah, sure. Yeah, this is nice. You're not engaged with the ice cream in the same way. So the way you're engaged with what's going on in your physical body, we can do a whole lot about that. As long as you want to be pain-free and as long as you want, have a desire to have a good night's sleep, the slightest tiny bit of pain or the tiny bit of like, darn, it's 3 a.m. and I'm still awake, will be awful. And that will cause more pain than your body. Honestly, that, that's what causes pain. What's going, on What's going on in your head? Because it changes your experience. It makes you, it makes, it, that's how you're kind of manifesting your experience. And what pure consciousness is doing, you as pure consciousness doing, is showing you that desire is going to make this worse. Your desire for it to get better is going to make it worse. Let's look at desire, it's not about the pain. But as long as you're interested in just the phenomenal perspective, you're going to miss the root cause, which is the desire. So I consider dropping the desire for the pain to go. Can we go a bit stronger than that? Can you see how that that's your mind saying, I don't want to give up control there. I'm the one who's you know managing this field of this experience. That's what it's doing. That's why it's so bad. Yes, that makes more sense. Uh, somehow I couldn't connect it with other, the outside world. <laughs> but, uh, you know, occasionally when I'm sleeping, uh, wake up in the middle of the night, I can let go there. I haven't tried it with the pain, but I, I think I can do that too. Yeah, I think you can too. Yeah. Use it as your teacher. It's like, whoa, the pain is bad. Okay. Check in now. What do I want here? And can I pull back? Not to use a spiritual concept. Okay, I don't mind if there's pain there or not. Darn, it hurts so much. When does this get better? That's not doing it. That's not doing it. It's like, okay, okay. What, what, what would it be like if I dropped the desire for this pain to go right now? Can I kind of pull back from this phenomenal experience to the point of not denying it, but changing my connection to it? Dropping the desire. Yeah, that, that would be great. And then see what happens. Because if your relationship with it changes, your experience of it would be entirely different. And if that pain and lack of sleep is, is with you purely to wake you up, I totally welcome it and may it get 20 times worse. Thank you. <laughs> That's great. You know, like, right. goodness me, what a gift if it helps you to wake up. What a gift. That's great. You know? Ah, sure. Back to Phyllis. Of course, of course. Oops. Thank you so much. <coughs> Hi. Hi. So I, I'd like to say two things, and then I have two questions. Yeah. So the first thing is, I am noticing that I don't know if I'm awake or asleep. And, physically uh, awake or physically asleep? Yes. Okay. Exactly. And so often during the night, uh, it, it comes like uh, uh, words will come or a uh, picture. And so this week uh, was a flower, like a sunflower. And 
the sunflower was looking like a sunflower, but it was made of light. Behind it was light. And there was no ability to see the differentiation between the flower and the light. Oh, that's beautiful. And every day, it's coming to me many times a day, this picture. The same image. Same image, all the time. And so I, I don't want to go into um, extrapolation in my mind and making a story about it, but that seems to be a teaching. So that's the first thing. Uh, the second thing is, last night I was with my boyfriend and he was just lightly touching my face. And I noticed that there was no sensation at all. I, I, there was no feeling of a body. It was just sensation. Yes. And it went for quite a while and thought would bubble up and then kind of sink back like a, like a pond. And then one of us started to speak, and I noticed when I started to speak that there's a tendency for the mind to come in and sort of disrupt that. Yes, other awareness. Yes. Yes. So my first question is, I, I had spoken with someone recently, and they suggested trying to speak in the passive. In other words, not to use I. Uh, there is... Eating things mm -hmm. like that. It's very mm -hmm. awkward and it's hard to do that. But I'm wondering, um, as I was driving here, I was I put on the Beatles, and so I noticed the music. I was the, the listening was not as usual in my head, but it was um, somewhere like that. And if I tuned into the lyrics, it shifted. Ha. So I'm I'm interested to know about how to um, we have to use language, but how to be in that place and use language. And I think you've been alluding to that this morning. I have, yeah. I have exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so so when when you're looking from that wider view place. Your, your brain isn't used to your language center working, your labeling center working. Your, you know, it's, 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 it's not used to activating the comprehension part of the lyrics, for example. It's not used to engaging that part and being outside of all of it mm. at the same time. That's practice. It's like a muscle, learning how to use a new muscle. So... So you're saying it's possible to to be right in language using the word I and yeah. and still keep yeah. the, the background. Yeah. The background is absolutely. Present. Absolutely. Right. And yeah, a lot of people do have that um uh language of like saying we instead of I. It, it just sounds bonkers yeah, in our it culture. It really does. Yeah, it does. It's like we how you know we we are sitting here today and it's like oh ha ha yeah, exactly like, like the queen yeah exactly exactly the royal yeah. we exactly so so it works for a lot of people but it's not the Western way it just isn't the Western way we don't have a way yet we don't have an alternative to that right now the only way I know is by practicing so take on a small task this is what I did I'd be like okay, I'm going to go to the store and I'm just going to buy milk. And I'm going to stay in this zone. 
So I would go in as if I was, I'm sure I looked stoned, you know. <laughs> and you go in and you buy it and you're like, okay, I didn't talk this time. But I did a function. I pulled out money and da, 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 and pull out money as opposed to a card so that you have to calculate a little bit, right? <coughs> and then the next day or later on, go back in and buy the newspaper, you know, and say, hey, the weather's gorgeous today, isn't it? You know, and just see, like, practice. Because you're literally trying to... It's like after having an accident and you have to slowly do rehab mm. on a muscle. It's like that. Literally practicing. That works. Few people I work with privately, when they're doing that, this, it works. <laughs> it's little bit by little bit. You're literally training your brain to work while the perception is outside of all of it. Right now, the signal is, no, when I'm in that zone, I'm, I'm not required to comprehend, to complete tasks because this is my meditation or my deep sleep mode. Mm. You see? So your brain has an association. Yeah. So we need to crank up the task positive network <coughs> okay. while, while you're outside of all of it. Tiny steps, tiny steps to introduce it. Perfect. Thank you. Sure. I have one more question. Yeah. So last year when we met, um, I was telling you I was falling, and now I'm kind of just not located anywhere a lot of the time. Yeah. And you suggested slowing down, which to some degree I've been able to do. Yeah. And you, you also said it would be very helpful to look at personas. And what I understood that to mean is that kind of watch how the different selves arise as we interact. But I would like you, I, I feel a little more at sea with that one. Okay. And I would like you to talk a little more about that, if you would. Okay. I, I, I don't know what I was tuned into last, last year. Mm. Um, what happens now when you're, when you're with other people? It depends. Sometimes I just stay um, uh, wide. Yeah. And other times uh, I, I get right into um, being the teacher, the, the hostess, the, something like that. And I notice that I'm, I'm in duality, clearly, okay. clearly. Okay. And I know that it's possible to not... Do that. Yes, I don't know. If, I don't know how much it's related to the language issue we just talked yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. And how much it is, you know, just um, uh, being used to being a certain way in a certain situation. Yes. So. Yes. Okay. So there's a lot of different tricks that you can use to to try it out, mm-hmm. so that you can, you know, function without identifying with the persona. Mm-hmm. That's probably where I was last year with this. So, if you are meeting somebody for lunch or somebody's coming around or something and it's like, okay, this is where I would get into being the me. If you imagine that you're, you're reading a script, that it's just a role being played, you can get good distance there because that's all it is, is just a role being played. Mm-hmm. So instead of identifying with the role, it's like, a, it's like a, a, a movie character taking their character off stage, you know, really becoming that person. And it's like, yeah, at some point that becomes pretty dysfunctional, mm-hmm. you know, because they've got to drop the script actually and honor their own persona. Mm-hmm. So if you, can, if you can see that that's the role, because it's not actually who you are, it's just the functioning aspect of who you are, but you're becoming the character. You're becoming the character completely. So I'd love you to have some awareness of playing the character 
but yet you know you're playing a character. And maybe in movie land, acting school, they tell people, you must completely and totally become the person. That's not appropriate from what we're doing. Mm. It's not appropriate anymore. It's like, no, actually, we have a bandwidth to know we're pure consciousness while the role is being played. So it's a role. Why do you not see that it's a role? What is it that is traded? Some part of you believes that, that, that there needs to be investment in the character that you play in order to pull it off. I think also there's getting lost in the detail of the conversation. Aha. So thinking about yesterday, I had breakfast with someone and talking about interesting subjects. So I start thinking, you know, this, so it's habit, really. But yeah. 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 And so if you were to remain a bit spaced, how would that look in your relationships? And would you be all right about not being the one who was able to? All right. Because if it's okay, there's one thing that we need to train our brains how to function better with that. But the other thing is like, we usually have some payoff in there where, where there's a threat to the ego, a perceived threat to the ego, if we are outside of all of it, while in the role that our friends might have another expectation of us. Do you see? Yes, I think it's possible to have a, a meal with somebody and appear to be as usual, I mean, as they, uh, but not feel the same. Okay. Yeah. And if, and if in the meantime, you mightn't appear as usual, <laughs> you might appear spaced out, you might appear disinterested, mm-hmm. is all of that all right? Oh, yeah. Okay, then do that. I'd like to see your energy field remaining spacious and you're with somebody whom you normally would be very engaging with. Mm-hmm. But it's like, all right, if I'm completely dysfunctional here and just not able to string two words together at all, I'm going to stay spacious. Mm-hmm. Even if they're like, Phyllis... What did you have to drink? Yeah. <laughs> like, where are you? This, what's wrong with you? You know, and, and let that come. Because that would be the only place that some hiding would be going on for the self-image. Mm-hmm. That would, so I'd like, to, I'd like you to root that out. Mm-hmm. Put yourself in that situation. Because even though we can say, no, there's nothing for me there, it's like, actually, if you do it, then you'll know there's nothing for you there. Then you'll really know. Because the ego is very darn tricky. It's very <laughs> tricky. And it's like, wow, that was going on for me. Wow. So to have that level of, of, of willingness to expose ourselves, to really discover what it is rather than grab the concept. Put yourself in the situation of being spaced. Practice in the store at little things. That's to get your brain wired in another way. Mm-hmm. But put yourself completely spaced out so that your energy field is presented with the habit, but you're not honoring the habit of going into detail, of engaging on a one-to-one. You're just not supporting it. And like, okay, let's see what's going to happen here. And if you have nothing to say, and you look completely out of it, (laughs) don't save it. Don't save the day. Mm -hmm. Let it roll the way it's going to roll. Because the mixture of the two of those will get it. Because your energy field is telling you when you're with somebody else, this is what we do. This is the pattern. We're with somebody else. Okay, this is is how I do it. Mm -hmm. And I want you to break it. 
It's like, no, we're not going to do that. It's like, shoot, I've no template. It's like, that's right, we've no template. That's what's going to force your neurology to like, oh shit, we've got to do something here because there's a question coming. So where do I find an answer? And you stay spaced. So you're really talking about rewiring. It's yeah. Like it's a neurological... It's a neurological task. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. And I'm, I'm like completely denied the ego the opportunity to save the day. Mm-hmm. Completely denied. So that you will have to force new neurology. It'll have to kick in. And it will. It will, but it mightn't be immediate. Mm-hmm. Thank you. It's perfect. Sure, you're very welcome. Appreciate it. You're very welcome. Mm-hmm. Hello. Hi. Hi. Um, I think I need some new neuro- new, new circuits here. Okay. Yeah. I, that really struck a chord. Um, last night when you had us go deeper and, and had a, I put my hand on the bed, I went deeper, and then I looked up at how my mind is going these days, and that it's in huge um, anxiety and stress. Okay. And what the way it's it's working is. Comes out in rashes, and I don't sleep. Yeah, the so hives. Study the hives, and it's just so I was able to see it. But last night, I, you know, it's the same old thing. You know, no sleep, and terrific anxiety. But I think it's a circular thing because when the body's so inflamed, it also it, it creates an anxious state, and then you feel anxious, and then it's, it's, it's and then it feeds itself. Yeah. So I can see it, and I can go, come back with it at times. But if it's really bad, I, I, I don't have a way to, to pull back. So I think there's, what it feels like is that there's a fear response that goes back, maybe probably to childhood things, Some, something about needing to take care or, or something terrible was going to happen. There's something like something like that's going on, yeah. So I'm just looking for some rewiring. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, talk a little bit more about that needing to take care of somebody else or not yourself, or needing to take care or something awful would happen. Take care of. I suppose it's myself, but it's also family, and I think it went on because that something was difficult as a child in the family and maybe as the oldest feeling responsible yeah. and so I've carried that and then now, now dealing as a caregiver now to you're a husband and it's like I've got to get this right I've got to do it right and yeah and it's not going to be right <laughs> no, it's just not. so somehow getting out of that loop I think I haven't been able to do it although I, I get clarity I know it's a teacher. I mean, I, I see that. But I guess I'm asking um, ways to make it a better teacher, ways to, to use it in a, in a way to get past this. Because it, it does narrow. Fear, of course, narrows the, yes. the bandwidth. The bandwidth, it does. Of course. And I, it know, does. We don't, nobody wants that. Okay. Okay. 
Okay, you're in a tricky situation because the caregiving, it's not that easy to not be the caregiver. Like, if we can take you out uh-huh. of being a caregiver of your husband and, uh-huh. and rewire you and then put you back in, uh-huh. is that possible at all? Well, I'm here this weekend. Yeah, you got away this weekend. Yeah. I, it was lovely not to have to think about that. Yeah. 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 Okay, so yeah. It ca- ca- it's a practical <laughs> thing, but can you prioritize self-care? Regularly, I think I do. I think I, I, ah. think I do. I mean, I do yoga and I walk. And I'm so, how come you pick up the mantle again so quickly? Uh, I think that's what I think. It's it's like something stuck. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I, I got you. Stuck. Yeah. I got you now. Yeah. It's not like you're not taking care of yourself. You no, are. I think I am. But yeah. but but the groove that you go into is I think repetitive. it's a deep groove that has gone that gone on so long. I don't know how to get out of it or something like that. What if you were to drop your standard? <laughs> In what way? <laughs> Give me some, you know. Don't take care. Just take care of yourself. <laughs> Is there some place in between? Um, That's her son who was roaring laughing there, by the way. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I don't see that. I don't see that. I don't know. I don't, is there some place in between? Yes. I don't think I'm overdoing the caretaking. I don't think I'm... I think it's more here. I mean, I think it's... Well, in, in, but, but the standard is set by in your head, no? Right, I guess. I guess there's it's a fear. There is fear. Because I think on a phenomenal basis things are I don't feel that anxious I'm doing what I need to do yes. I'm taking care of myself yes it's just but something goes on that I'm just going crazy with yes rashes and itching and not sleeping and yes and that'll happen at night when I and, and you know after last night it was it was lovely and I felt peaceful and I thought well, that was very lovely and then waking up and not being able to go back to sleep it's like something yeah. is going on so I think phenomenally I'm I'm doing okay okay but when you're in charge there's uh-huh. something off kilter I real yes uh-huh. there's something off when you're in charge <clears throat> yes so. Okay, maybe the standard isn't very high, but I, I would que- I would put a question mark around that. I'm not completely convinced yet, so I'd like to leave it in the Yeah. Yeah. The sense of responsibility seems to be heavy. Okay, that's that's it. I think somehow there's a sense of responsibility and a fear that I'm not going to do a good job or something. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's very personal in that sense. Yeah. And if. Where I'd like to get you is that when, when we're doing a task, that there isn't the sense of responsibility. It's just what you do, mm-hmm. but you can do it without responsibility being on your shoulders. Okay. We can do everything without responsibility yeah. on the yeah. shoulders. Yeah. Responsibility becomes heavy when I'm the one who's doing it. Right, right. Um, and all you need is an ability to respond, and you have an ability to respond. Right, right. Right? right, but the kind of responsibility that weighs heavy is our mind creating pressure out of it, duty out of it, like disaster is going to happen if I don't pull this off. Mm-hmm. I'm the one holding it together, so the ego makes a whole mm-hmm. value system out of it. Okay, okay, I think that probably is true. <laughs> I can say 
it doesn't feel that way necessarily when I'm there, but I think it makes sense. I think there's yeah. something, there's yeah. some old patterning that's being yeah. triggered. Uh-huh. You know, okay, mm-hmm. you don't feel it when you're taking care, when you're in the caregiving role. Mm-hmm. I wonder what's been buried, because there's something in it that's being activated. Exactly, there's something activated, but I, I, I mean, I know what you're saying. I can do lots of tasks and feel like the doing is happening, and I'm, yeah. you know, I feel rather peaceful, but yeah. some, something's there. That's, yeah. Yeah, and I think you're right. It has to do with fear and res- probably a sense of responsibility that was completely misplaced. Misplaced. When you're a two-year-old or a three-year-old, you're not responsible. No, and, yeah. and, it, and it really shouldn't be on your shoulders. But somehow, somehow we interpret, took it. Yeah, yeah we yeah. interpret situations and like, yeah. whoa, because you're trying to make everything about yourself because your ego is trying to form, no? And you're, and so, you're trying to survive. You're, you're trying to feel like you're in an unsafe position. That's right. Okay, so maybe if I take on maybe if responsibility. I, that's right, something. the I comes in and yeah. it takes something. Mm-hmm. So the I doesn't want to give that up, I guess. Yes, uh-huh. The eye is convinced that it's keeping you safe uh-huh. by see. doing this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That you're holding something together. And that what I want to find out is what, what at the age of two or three was the consequences of you not being responsible? What was the consequences of you not being responsible? Yeah. So like as a kid, it's like, okay, okay, if, if, if I carry responsibility here, maybe I can impact change. Okay, that's the child's way of... of Trying to manage uh-huh. a level of safety for them yeah. for themselves to preserve. Okay. So, what would have been the consequence if they didn't try to protect themselves? Would they have been killed, or were were like they were, they were trying to keep themselves safe? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. It's hard to go back I guess maybe it's death. I'm not sure. Abandonment? Maybe it's abandonment. I, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I just don't know. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's something. Yes, it's yeah. something. Yeah. It's yeah. something. <clears throat> the thing is, you survived it. Right. Quite a long, quite a few years. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. So there is some capacity within you to know that I didn't get abandoned to the point to the degree of mm-hmm. persecution of mm-hmm. of death. Mm-hmm. I was reading the situation that I've got to protect myself here to stay safe. Mm-hmm. So whether I took that action or not, I must have been safe because I'm alive. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So so it sounds like it's maybe developing more the, the idea of trust. Then, rather than trying to even go into that yes. whole thing. So yeah. what, what, what was happening was that, you know, the ego was doing what it needed to do, which mm-hmm. is create the sense of I. Mm-hmm. So it used your early domestic situation mm-hmm. to build a scenario for the I, mm-hmm. to get conditioning in place so that you could have the experience of being separate, of a false identity, mm-hmm. of being separate from it all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not really the scenario that happened as a kid it's not really about sorting that out, I think. Okay, yeah. You see? Yeah, I do. It's about understanding and your own work as a therapist for years. Like, you know, it's really about that's what 
the route that the ego took. It would use any material oh, to create sure, an identity sure, so that sure. I could imagine I was separate. And so I could imagine, yeah, my goodness lay, or I, my worth lays yes. in caregiving, for in example. Caregiving, yeah, in caregiving, in yeah, caregiving yeah, it. Sure. So it's not really that story. It's That's the means by which pure consciousness achieved yeah, yeah. a separate identity. Uh-huh. Okay? So now... You don't need the separate identity. You know the truth. Uh-huh. It just rises up every now and then. Okay. As a like a darn it, what's stuck there? And then there's spaces of where you're totally free, you yeah. know? Yeah. And there's no I rising at right. all. Right. You see? So, so when it rises up, we'll just have a little bit of sand in your shoe, a little pebble. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, oh, here's an old patterning. Uh-huh. I don't think it's going to work for you so well to go into it as, as an issue to resolve. It doesn't seem like it. No. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's not showing up like that. It's mm-hmm. like, that's not what it is. Uh-huh. It's more that, gosh, that's the beautiful mechanism to, to create the identity that served me well. Okay. That's the mechanism. Yeah. So here now is a mechanism that somewhere my system thinks it makes me a better caregiver. Somehow I'm pulling it up because I need to take care of my husband now. Mm-hmm. So, so somehow that when the template is there, that when I'm responsible, that, that this pattern of the ego helps me in some way to deliver better. And it doesn't. And it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. No yeah. longer does it do that. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but consciousness said, oh, she'll buy this thought. Mm-hmm. 70 years ago, we'll buy this thought or whatever it is. Do you know? So we'll, we'll, we'll buy that thought and, and, and that'll help to create the ego. Uh, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. now we've just got the thought because the ego wasn't of any interest to you, but the thought is still there. Uh, and it, it, it feels like there's a deep, has been a deep group. I feel it dissolving as we speak. I mean, I, yeah, I do yeah. feel it. Well, yeah, we're yeah. doing something. Yeah, we're yeah. doing something. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So, so pure consciousness here is talking to pure consciousness mm-hmm. and it's recognizing that an imprint that created a persona mm-hmm. that gave you the capacity to imagine you were separate uh-huh. yeah. is now, has gone to its expiration date. Good. Good. It's gone Good. to its expiration date. Yeah. It, was, it was kind of a boring choice. <laughs> <laughs> and a heavy one. Yeah. yeah. A heavy yeah, one. Yeah, could have been, you know. Yeah. So it cranked up a whole scenario of value system, around yeah, value system. Yeah, yeah. And, wor- and worth. There's and worth. Thing. There we go. Yeah. 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 And a role and, you know, a positioning and, sure. And, and basically I'm keeping it all safe. So all of that got, you know. That was just the matrix uh-huh. to make consciousness imagine that it left home. Okay. So your brain isn't quite sure how do I go into the same scenario without my PTSD, you know, without carrying some learned response. Right, right. You know, how do I deliver the same thing? Can that work happen? Uh-huh. It's like Phyllis, how can I engage in conversation without the I going in there. Mm-hmm. For you, how can I be a caregiver for my husband without picking up that wiring that was associated with being yeah. the one who's, yeah. who's dependent here, who's, who's yeah. holding together the show? Yeah. Yes, it's very helpful seeing as we're talking. I can yeah, back yeah, yeah we need you to get much yeah. more distance yeah. from it yeah. so that the action happens without the doership. 
You see? Yeah, I do. We don't need you to pick up that value system in order to deliver that. That's just been how it worked. But there is no need for the personal. You've seen through the personal. You know that she's not who you are. You know it. You do know it. You do know it. But you're... You're, you're but there's a piece that has not. There's so it feels like it's a railroad track that's, yeah. that's still running or something like yeah. that. Yeah. 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 I get, I get, yes. yeah. So the softness and the openness that is there all the rest of the time, mm-hmm. the just availability for pure consciousness to move through your form. Mm-hmm. Trust that that knows how to take care. Okay. It might look different, and so friggin' what. <laughs> So what? Yeah. There will be nobody monitoring. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that brings me to... So it's so amazing how many people have advice to give to caregivers. And this is how it should be, and this is how it should be. And, the, and I can get caught up in anger toward it or thinking, oh, I should do this, or I can get... So there's... there's there we go. That, there's that. Yeah. It's the monitoring of it. Yeah. It's the to make sure that everything is safe. Yeah. So when pure consciousness is doing it and there's no doer and you've stepped out of the way, anything can happen. Really anything can happen. Because you don't have cause and effect. You don't have anybody who's monitoring it. You have total surrender and total trust. You have no guarantee on how it's going to show up. None. Oh, that sounds wonderful. None. Yes. It sounds sounds great. That's it, you see? When you're ready for the new pattern, you're going to feel the freedom of it. When you're not, you're going to feel, whoa, whoa, really? No, the shit's going to hit the fan and I'm going to have to pick up the... And it's like, all right, so now there's too much fear. You actually can't do it. You're not ready to trust. You really don't have implicit trust in what you really are. You want to remain the doer. You're not ready then. Mm -hmm. You're not ready then. Yeah. You see? But because she's feeling... Oh my God. It's like something is totally ready. She's spun out. She's spun out the, 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 the individual patterning. Uh-huh. You see? And it's like, there's like a reckless abandon. Not, uh-huh. not for the eye, uh-huh. but there is a reckless yeah. abandon because it's like, I what I really am anymore. is going to do this. Yeah. And, and, and there's no compromise that I'm going to engage in. None. There just has to be complete and total trust that that which moves all is going to do this and I'm not going to hobby a horse on top of it and make sure that it's right. Uh Or question it, audit it, correct it, forget it. All Uh of that has to go. Has to go. And if somebody else is giving you standards, it's like that's fine when there's an ego there that needs to to believe that it's in charge. Uh Yeah. Or it has to to protect itself in some way. It has to protect itself in some way. Or a self-image or whatever. You got it. The whole cocktail of what keeps together the personal eye. Oh, it's so freeing. Yeah, it's it's freeing. freeing. Yeah, yeah. So that really also answers how this whole piece in my life at this moment is really there it's, it's, it's useful. It's, That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you had to return to that pattern somehow yeah. and this, you know, to this throw it off. Way to do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Because two or three is pretty early to be, to be you know, <laughs> taking on a pattern. Yeah. So that one is going to, of course, that one would take. Because it's so hard to see it. Yeah. It's just there. Yeah. yeah. It's okay. been there all through your lifetime. So there's, there had to be a... a, I mean, a yeah, that. something to revisit that. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you. Oh. Yeah. 
Tito, and then yourself. Yeah, I'm just watching the sequence of hands as they come up. You want to stay down there, Tito? Yeah. Sure. So uh, I'd like to go back to love as a woman. I'm kind of stuck on this love thing. <laughs> and it's <laughs> delicious. It's delicious. It's delicious. <laughs> and there's one other aspect that I'd like to hit uh, on. Uh, first of all, the movement thing. Yeah. Because that's one of my things. And I'm wondering if that's connected to this love thing. And then music. Is that movement, music is sound moving, I guess. Anyway, I like to take a look at those two. Okay, you might have to be more specific. I'll ramble on about music for a second. Um, music is the only art form that's really in the present. Oh, good. Yes. Do you know? It's really in the present because every note that comes, you have to drop the last note to, to hear the next note. There's something magical about that art form. So that you're not getting... See, well, one of my things... Of course, this is part of, uh, I guess, some ego issue. I don't want to be wrong. And I don't want to uh, make mistakes. And one of the biggest mistakes you can have is not being in the flow of the eternal self. Is it a mistake? Mm -hmm. Huh? Is it a mistake? No, well, I'm just trying. I'm just telling you where my uh, yeah. issues are uh -huh. because this is all related to this this mass thing that I'm going through. It's trying to make this burn out this uh, default mode network. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's it's love that's going to do it. And I'm trying to make sure I don't get trapped in in things like like uh, okay, I have all this musical energy going on and am I actually in a story and then I have a dancing aspect which is really movement yes and is that a story so I'd like you to take a look at those two things okay pure consciousness doesn't do story so so burning out the default mode network is a story it's a phenomenon happening it's an event. We have a before and after awakening, but it's in the movie. It's movie material. Pure consciousness doesn't give a hoot about this waking up business. Like, nothing lost, nothing gained, gained from pure consciousness perspective. Why would it be concerned about forgetting itself and finding itself? It's doing that all the time, naturally. It doesn't lose anything by forgetting and by going into a me, myself, I story. So the whole awakening package is only relevant in this phenomenon ego-created world. Well, that's why it's so hard to do. <laughs> is it hard to do? Well, what I mean is that the concept of grace, because, well, um, I don't know if we have time for it, but maybe I should come up. Maybe so. <laughs> yeah, come on. The, the, what might be happening here is that the mind might be setting up, okay, that's dualistic, and these concepts about spiritual awakening are a little more uh, evolved or mature. At some point, it's all 
phenomenal garbage. All of it at some point. You know, we can talk about Kundalini and grace and everything, but it's really just more phenomenal bullshit. Actually, it really is. Okay, it's different stages we go through along the path, but it's all still phenomenal story and labels. All of it. All of it. All of it. So the outside of all of it isn't concerned about Tito awakening. You are the outside of all of it. So as long as we're with the Tito awakening phenomenal story, we're spending time in what is not your essence. Yeah, that's what makes the thing whole, whole thing very tricky. It does. Because... Um, so when will the seeking stop then? When will you see well, through the seeking as the issue? Uh, I, 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 I get... I'm on the edges of it. Because... I, 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 I know the theory aspect. And the theory aspect, I can't do a goddamn thing about it. If it happens, it's going to happen. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Fair enough. But what if you were to no longer invest in the seeking? Well, that's kind of where this all kind of started. Uh, um, I guess it was 2014. Mm-hmm. And that's when I had this experience right here. I was doing a a, uh, hmm. You recognize it? Yes. Yeah, that's uh, when I came to see you. This happened January first, fourteen. I was okay. having a, I was having a um, a personal uh, conversation. I, I think you know Igor Fukuyev. Yes. And I was walking toward the telephone, and nothing happened. And in that precise moment when nothing happened, this I saw. Yes. But in order to understand this is that when you're in, the void is the void. This, this piece of paper doesn't mean a goddamn thing because it doesn't exist. And that's the void, right? Okay. And in that precise moment, I became the void. Okay. And that's what I saw. Right. And... I can't tell you I have the exact moments when I recognize this, all this stuff, because it was, wasn't until October that I came to your thing to find uh-huh. out if you could tell me what the hell happened here. And how do I get back into the void? That's what I wanted to do, <laughs> because that's, that's the freedom. That's the, the, the you know what release. I'd love, do you know what I'd love to see? I'd love to see you arriving at a place of, of knowing that it's hopeless. Yeah, that's... That you're helpless that all the grasping is actually the problem. Because that's the void. Because that's the... But you still want to get there. Uh, yeah, but I got a word for it. You pardon? I got a word for it. Therefore, it, it's, it, it's in a form. Yeah, you've brought it right into the dualistic place. And that apparently is the grace is when I can just let go. That's the question you asked me. Because I didn't show you this at the time. Up the mic. No. And I was just trying, trying to see if I could get you to tell me how to get back into the void. <laughs> and so that you could be there to experience it. <laughs> well, that's done. Maybe it's done already and that every investment in the seeker is the blockage to a sustained 
Right, but the question you asked me was, what are you holding on to? And it turns out, I mean, like, this happened in October of 14, right? That's four years ago. Right. And this is 2017. Right. And it turns out, I actually, you know, my own, my, my mind has a uh, intellectual coding. Because when you ask me, what am I holding on to? I couldn't find out what I was holding on to. Okay. But technically, I wasn't holding on to anything. Because right across here? Right. I don't know if you know the Wilhelm Reich material. The armoring. Okay. I have this huge armoring right here. Okay. Over my heart, right? Okay. Bring up the mic. Because that's where my eternal self is. But now I've got two. The eternal self. And this being that has a concept of the eternal self. Yes, but the being that has... <laughs> See, this, a, is, this is the problem oh, I have. The, yeah, Unraveling the, this the being, thing so that I get into the void. And once I get into the void, no, this is here. I, exist, I don't exist anymore. But you don't <laughs> exist. You and I can't talk. But you, but you'd be surprised how talking happens, even though you know you don't exist. Somehow the paradox makes more sense. Because I just have this powerful love. Yeah, yeah. But let go of the armor. The armor's trying. It's trying to break. I know. I, I, it's, I, coming. I, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Trust the eternal self to manage this. Just trust it. Yeah, that's all. Give it the armor. I guess the armor is my identity. Yes. That's what makes us all solid and real. Okay, that don't armor. go too much into the head of it. Don't go into too much that's into the head. That's a story. Uh huh. <laughs> It is, which, which creates this, which makes this more solid, which creates your experience of it. Let it go. Well, I, I'm really trying to let it go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, the thing that, that um, opened up, uh -huh. and when I made a decision to come to this, yeah. And that was about two, maybe three weeks ago. Then suddenly all this stuff started happening. Mm -hmm. And then I knew that, yeah, love is the sum of the law. Okay. Love surpasses understanding. You saw that? Uh, well, I'm not quite, I mean, it's just concepts that, I, that have been around because I've been around the spiritual universe for a okay. long time. 
Okay. But I never actually made the, uh, became that. You have to become it. Yes. Yes. Jeez, I so much want to become love, you know. Yes, so drop the desire for it and let, but that's let love the thing have that, you. That's, that keeps me from doing it. Yes, and it that's does. where the grace is. The grace comes. Let's leave, let's a, leave all this crap out, out of there. there. Let's yeah, let's just drop it all. Let's just drop it all. So if I if I sang a peon <coughs> to the eternal self, would that do anything? The more that you do the more you're investing in the illusion. Yeah, because... It's hopeless. This is all across my chest here, and it's just... It's just hopeless. Well, it's a mass of just... There is only love, Tito. Yeah, and that's me, right? The grasping, (laughs) uh uh-huh. And the grasping is taking your attention away from it. The grasping, what you want is creating that which doesn't show up as love. It is love, but it's showing up as something else. God, I just want to escape. Sure. Then go deeper into it. So the I who wants to escape, the I who's feeling this, it's just an idea. It's just a very familiar old idea, but it's just an idea. See, that's, that's where movement comes in. You know, you want There's you want, only love. There's only love. And you want to feel that flow, that flow of love across. You know, it's like, I can just feel it just flowing across like that. But I want, you know, I get the movements and all that stuff. <laughs> okay. But that's so, mass. That's, that's, so if it doesn't come as an experience, let that go too. Let that go too. Don't grasp anything. Don't grasp God, anything. So painful. Yeah. <sighs> Helpless, hopeless. Give up. The one who is looking for it is always going to be looking for it. The look, one who is looking for it can't find it. It can't find it. The one who is looking for it is the problem here. <laughs> That's the joke. Yes. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> That's the cosmic joke. Yes, that is. That is the cosmic joke. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the joke's on me. Yes. Yes. The joke's on you. It's true, isn't it? See how it plays, huh? Second year. <laughs> Do ya? Yeah. Cosmic Joker. Uh huh. Out there were three screens. Uh huh. When we were talking. You remember that? Use the mic. You remember that? Not really, no, but that's okay. 
Anyway, the whole room started to go into kind of a... It wasn't disappearing, but it was like there was three screen layers. And I thought of it as... Well, at the time, I, you know, like, I never really know what's going on. <laughs> Until much later. Until much later. <laughs> and then there's a story. Then, then that's what your mind does. Yeah, yeah. And then I had to explain it in some way. Do you? So what if you well, want no, to do no, that I'm just saying, I mean, that's what my mind did. It explained so, it. So what if you weren't to do that anymore? Yeah, well, I, I dearly love that to happen. <laughs> okay, so if there's, if there's no story. If there's no story, I'm in the void. I'm dancing Why are you with the anywhere? Void. Why are you anywhere? Well, that's it. Because now I've given it a, sp- a place. I've given it a name. Okay, do you know what we got to do with Tito? Uh, not let, throw me out, right? Let, <laughs> let there be unconditional love for that oh, character. Oh, God, I love that. <laughs> unconditional love for that character. Yeah, oh, yeah, because I, I kind of despise Tito. You see, this is the blip. This is the, the pebble in your shoe. Let there be unconditional love for him. And compassion for him. He works so darn hard at this. You know? It gets me absolutely nowhere. Yes. It well, gives, I get, I get it gives here him story, once a year. It gives him experience. And, you know, it gives him some sense that he's making progress. Yeah, right, right, right. It feeds his own story making habit. So he deserves a bit of loving, huh? Well, that's what I woke up to. Yeah. Just let loving happen. Yeah. Just have so much love and compassion for him. Yeah, that's. He's a real efforter, you know? Let there be huge love for him. And understanding that he's doing his darn best. And always did, really, you know? Try so hard to be nice, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Which means I can never be nice, right? (laughs) 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 Yeah, the one that tries so hard. Have lots of love for him, huh? Like, hold him, you know? Hold him. See you next year. (laughs) (laughs) Or not. (laughs) Or not. I may not exist. (laughs) You don't. We just got to love that guy so that he just dissolves, you know? Hi. Um, so last night, I mentioned something about uh, always having something to say. Yeah. And uh, I think it's a little more specific than that. It's always having the right thing to say. Ah, good for time. you. Good for you. Yeah. Yes. And uh, and I saw like almost I I didn't even have the mic didn't even come out of my hand before I thought oh I could have said that better. <laughs> and um, did I interrupt Jack? Is she is she mad at me now? And, um, 
and then like for the rest of the night, it was oscillating between that and here's what I'm going to say tomorrow. Like it was like a rehearsal process. Yeah. Yeah. Everything that I've said up until now has been rehearsed. Right. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well done. You've exposed the whole game. Shh. By profession. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, so just using my neurosis for Dina paid. Wow. <laughs> and, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, um, yeah, just, just seeing that habit over and over all, all night last night. And, um, I don't know, I, it might be tied to, I, I was just kind of, writing some stuff down, and I, I think it might be tied to, a, you know, a couple things just from early on, you know, um, in my upbringing, just, well, there's, you know, I mean, there's a, just, just growing up in an Indian household, right, a, a, being a good boy, especially around adults, was being invisible, yes. Um, yes. for the most part, and uh, then there was just school, you know, the, the, yeah, getting bullied a lot just for literally everything I said and did. Um, so I think that's kind of where the, you know, like if I'm going to say or do anything, you know, it better be the right thing. Otherwise, yes. Yes. Um, yeah, so that's, yeah, I guess I'm just seeing the habit of it, seeing the mechanism yeah. at play. The mechanism. So what if there was reckless abandon around what you speak? <laughs> um, I'm open to the idea. <laughs> okay. Um, because it seems like you've trained yourself to consider the consequences very seriously. Yeah. And when there's reckless abandon the consequences don't feature. They just, they're, they're not taken in as a, as a you know, a, a component to, to direct what you're going to say. Yeah. They're just, they just don't feature. And, and the fallout is the fallout. And there's nothing that monitors that or checks it apart from, you know, something that's real, not stuff in your head, you yeah. know? It's just consequences of, okay, then they say this, and then this is what comes out of here, and... Hmm. invariably your mind if you if you can consider that yeah. your mind is going to place all of its energy that you have invested in that patterning even if you manage to like talk from rest, reckless abandon it's going to place all of its energy into regretting and revisiting and and you know replaying 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 and how can i redirect it in the future so that i minimize Fallout, yeah. the fallout of the next one. Yeah, that's actually uh, uh, what you're saying. It it happens when I get well when I get drunk. You know, that uh-huh. I do start speaking and, and acting with reckless abandon, and the in the next morning I'm like screaming at myself in the shower for <laughs> for like half the things that I did. Yeah, whatever I can remember. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. And because the mind is interested in it, you cannot do that. Yeah. There are consequences, and here they are, mm-hmm. and you're in hell the next day. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. And um, it happened very recently, actually. It was a friend's wedding. And, uh, oh, yeah, you, you, you do. I, I did what you do at weddings. And, yes. Um, and the next morning, up and 
going you know, straight into the afternoon. There was like one thing that happened in an elevator, right? That would just that that just ruined the next day. Sorry, lots of things can happen in that day. I'm curious, mind of going. It wasn't even that bad. It really wasn't. You know, no, no, most people didn't even notice. Of course. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going back to it now. <laughs> um, yeah, one thing that actually kind of helped was um, would this matter if I if I was more than just this little personal me. Yes. You know, just yes. kind of expanding the um, yes. my awareness. And immediately the charge just kind of... I just kind of saw it for what it was, which was just energy. Yes. Right? Yes. And it wasn't all-consuming. All uh-huh. You know, I just kind of uh, endowed it with that kind of power in the moment. Yes. And so little by little, you know, just step back, and then it would flare up again, step back, flare up again, step back. Until a little bit of a charge still, but uh, yes, yeah. yes. Um, so you got to break a, a, a you know a pretty trusted neurological circuit here. Yeah, they can be tough to break, and sometimes they just dissolve. Mm. Yeah. It can go any which way. I'd love if we tried this. If you wrote yourself a, a hall pass, you know? Mm-hmm. Write yourself uh, like, I am no longer taking on board the consequences of what I say, do, or think. Mm-hmm. If you gave yourself permission not to, to run consequences, because that's what the pattern was was the consequences were pretty rough. So what we've got to do is pull out the consequences from your action. Disconnect action, thought, speech from consequences. You've got to break that. When you run one, you run the other. So if there was some type of permission, it's like I am totally giving myself permission here not to run any consequences on this. And totally feel what that gives you. Is it too high a jump? No, I don't think so. Um, it's just not something that I've, I guess, deeply considered. You know, there's a fe- there's an you know, a cause and effect, there's there's always a consequence is kind of the... That's the, been what you've assumed mm-hmm. or what you were taught. Yeah. You know, people are just obsessed with themselves. Mm-hmm. Just like you're running the comment or whatever happened in the elevator. Yeah. Other people are running some other story that has nothing to do with the elevator at all, but they're someplace else. Nobody is revisiting what happened in the elevator except you. They're just running their own me, myself, I stories. You know, it's just your loop. It's just how you are 
reinforcing the sense of me, myself, I. That's the story that your mind is running in order to reinforce a sense of separation. Because it's keeping right and wrong going. But right and wrong is only valid in a small section of the dualistic world. You know, like right and wrong from one culture to another, it can be entirely different. Right and wrong. Like in Europe, eating with a fork on your left hand is right. It's wrong here. I've been told, no, you swap the fork into your right hand. I'm like, well, what do you do with the knife? Like, in your left hand. It's like, no, etiquette is fork in your left hand and you eat your meal with your, and you have your knife in the right. But it's the opposite here. It's like, duh. You know, so there are varying degrees of right and wrong. What you imagine is right and wrong, it's a little bit out of sync because the ego is grasping huge consequences of what you say. So we've got to weed it out to see that actually if we completely drop all consequences, if we go to the place of where there's no consequences at all, and I'm wondering if we go there, you might be able to just get enough distance from it to see that, you know, the right and wrong can be as kind of superficial as what fork do you, what hand do you hold your fork in? Hmm. It has no, no ripple effect out there. <sighs> do you see? But for you, everything is, the consequences are heavy. They're heavy because it's linked to, yeah, bullying and being darn invisible. Like, that's rough. That's rough. So that deep, cons- the, the consequences are, are to be taken seriously is overshedding everything you do think and say. You've dragged it with you. You see? So you're not able to see the proportionate consequences which go from very serious if you murder somebody to nobody gives a hoot actually most of the time because they're just self-absorbed. You see? Yeah. They don't give a hoot. Mm -hmm. And this is just your version of self-absorption. It's got to do with heavy consequences. It's not valid outside of your own mind 99.9% of the time. And I've heard this before, you know, like nobody cares, right? They're, they're just in their own story yeah. and it's, and I guess it was just an intellectual thing that I tell myself, Hey, nobody cares, nobody cares, but it didn't really yeah. Yeah. connect deeply. Yeah. Yeah. There's kind of this impulse to just kind of live in that space of no consequences. Just That'd be great. Yeah. That'd be great if you can do that. Mm-hmm. And it means being reckless and it means really watching your mind. It's like, no, we're not going into regret. We're not reliving it. We're not prepping to, in order to regain some ground. No, no. And if you, if you have to do something else, sing a song in your hand, in your head, run a mantra, whatever it is that gets you, you know, to shift your attention onto something else because your neurology is going to really try to reclaim mm-hmm. what it trusts to keep you alive. Yeah. Keep you safe. Yeah. So we're breaking a deep pattern. Yeah. So you'll have to have something else for your mind to go on. I need to be. I need to do more vocal warm-ups, for example, and you know the consequence of that is the neighbors, right? Right. Because I'll get loud. Yeah. So maybe that's uh, that'd be a good starting point. Just yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. And if they come in and knock on the door, okay, you you. Let's deal with it then. It's like, all right, that's that's great. They're they're assertive. They're 
claiming their rights, great, perfect. Yeah, yeah. And that has nothing to do with me. That's, that's their boundary. It's like, all right, okay, I can respond to that. Yeah. Yeah. So expect. It's like, okay, if a consequence comes, that's, that's what's happening in that moment. And I'll redirect or not. If it's reasonable, I'll redirect. Yeah. And nothing else goes on. Now, your mind is ready to grab your emotions to reinforce the idea that you're not a good person. Yeah, just thinking about it right now, like the neighbor's knocking on the door, it's, it's already... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So your mind and your emotions need to be kind of severed a little bit. Because your mind is using your emotions to reinforce this old neurology. Because that's what gets you stuck. You know, let's consume yourself with guilt, feeling bad, overexposed, unsafe, right? Right. So it's like, ah, you're not getting my emotions involved here. You're not doing it. You're not doing it. Sometimes it will, and sometimes there'll be a crack, and you'll be like, hey, I can actually breathe deeply, and I'm all right. I know what you're trying to do, mind, and I'm not going there. I'm going to, singing is great. It's, you know, anything to release endorphins, you know? Okay. Yeah. Singing is great to, like or dancing, or, mm. you know, just like find something so that it's, it's, it doesn't allow your mind to grab your emotions to make you feel like crap, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's interesting that you say that because, you know, I was... Because when I was in drama school, that was about four or five years ago, I mean, I was, I was a nightmare to my neighbors, and I didn't really didn't care, and I danced. I danced all the time. Yes. Uh, now, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's like when I, when I got out of school, it's like the stakes got higher somehow in my head. But, you know, that, that, that freedom was there. Huh. You know? Uh-huh. And I, I, I indulged in it. I loved it. Uh, you know, to sing, to dance, to just, you know, like sometimes I just... I'd come home and I'd scream and the walls were thin so I could actually hear my neighbors go, oh my God. (laughs) And I wouldn't care. There was actually one point like it got so bad. It was like several weeks of it. She started screaming back. (laughs) Like I'd scream and she'd scream and I'd scream and she'd scream. That's great. Oh yeah. For me. (laughs) She might have been having fun too. Yeah, maybe. maybe. That was her way to deal with it rather than at your door, you know, so... Yeah. Yeah. What was the difference between then and now? Maybe there was... It, I studied in England, right? And I knew it was just going to be one year. Yeah. Right? So I was never going to see this any of these people ever get. Uh-huh. Right. So that brought you a, a hall pass. Yeah, that was the hall pass. There you go. I think so. And now that I'm, you know, I'm making a living in, in Los Angeles. You've got a reputation to uphold because you're in the movie epicenter. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And that, that's, that's Hollywood in yeah. general. Like, you know, yeah. just wash your mouth, like, watch what yeah. you do. Yeah. It'll all come back. That's right. That's you right. Know? So there are, there are actual the stakes of, yeah, just the stakes of, um, you know, the, the consequences of, you know, if you mess up in front of the wrong person, that's, you're out of the business. You know? Interesting that you landed yourself in a culture that reinforces <laughs> that very pattern, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's, it's pure consciousness saying, 
We're going to make you really see this. We're going to give you a taste of what it feels like to be free of it. And then we're going to doubly put you into it. Yeah. Where the external is reinforcing what your own wiring is. So, Thanks. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> so, so what do you want? What do you want? Do you want to play the game or do you want freedom? Maybe they're not opposed, but we've got to, let's look at it for a minute. see the conflict yeah. right there is that pull towards freedom but then there's also well if you're too free you can't pay your bills if you're too free you can't really <laughs> is that the consequence of freedom <laughs> no 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 well done Sometimes on the path where some of our some of us are faced with that scenario of like a little bit of a crossroads of like, gosh, I have to bow down to one or other value system. Sometimes we're presented with that. Not everybody is, but some of us are. It's like there's a decision point actually. And there appears to be consequences to both. You know, for some, it's like if I if I bow down to to pure consciousness, I'll have to leave my marriage, leave whatever it is, blah blah blah. I'll have to do this. And for other people, it, they don't get that crossroads scenario. It's just integrate as you go, integrate as you go. So if this this is resonating with you, just it's good to ask. You know, do I if I'm in an either or, if I'm at that crossroads. Am I ready for freedom or do I need to kind of just spin out more in my phenomenal make-believe world? You know, do I need more experiencing? Am I ready? Because you know, you won't be ready. But is the pull stronger? We're never really ready to die. Not really. You know, something wants to preserve itself. That's always there. But when the pull to freedom is stronger than the pull to play the game, just be honest enough to listen to that, to that dynamic within yourself. What's happening for you around that? <laughs> there's, um, yeah, there's, there's just this expanded space, this peace. But internally, there's also um, movement. Um, yeah. That's another thing I was noticing last night, like trying to put words to that, that movement and then yeah. just, just sort of let that impulse go yeah. more and more. Yeah. And uh, maybe it just needs to move right now. Maybe, um, I don't know, no words are coming up to describe it. There's just... Lovely. Phenomenally, I'd love to see you getting super confident. If I could give you a gift, a phenomenal gift, it would be 
shitload of confidence. Not arrogance, just confidence. A confidence that doesn't have to prove itself or say anything or perform in any particular way. Just an innate confidence. I'd love to see you phenomenally growing into a really super confident guy. I'd love to see what that looks like. Yeah. For sure you wouldn't be second-guessing your, your actions. Yeah. So I just go about that with... Develop confidence. Mm-hmm. Develop confidence. Buy books on it if you have to buy books on it or Google it or whatever and see, like, what does confidence look like? What would it look like for me? What, what, what can I do in my behavior? Because phenomenally, if confidence comes in, it's going to help this a lot. Okay. A lot. All right. the, the absence of confidence is what must be there to have the neurology that you have around consequences. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome. You're very welcome. Susan, I want to check in on you. How, how, how are you doing? I'm very sleepy. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I'm doing okay. Yeah. 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 I'm okay. I'm just, 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 and I'd love to see you like more potent, just more potent around, around. No, we're walking into this unknown. I'm, I'm walking into this unknown. Okay, maybe I was wrong. Yeah, it felt like, oh, she, oh, she, oh, something, something. I, I want to see her going deeper into this, okay. you know, into this new space. Yeah, and sleep is one way of like shutting it down, you know. Mm-hmm. The mind says, oh, let's just get your conscious mind out of the way so I can just rebuild and, you know, put the subconscious stuff back into the wiring there and, yeah. Okay. Right, yeah, I want to see a bit of Kali, a bit of like, yeah, exactly, a bit of authority around this for yourself. Yeah. Yes. Barbara. Would you like to come? said a word this morning that just a whole lot of what's been going on with me fell into place. Yay! And it it was the word loop. You know, a simple word. But So for the last two years, probably know I've just had one health issue after another, almost to the day. And it's just nothing terminal, but it's just you know, hospitalizations and and surgeries and but when she's somebody somebody said the word loop it just all the reasons the it just all fell away you know everything fell away it was just it, I just saw my it was like 
It became so simplistic that there was just a loop. Nothing more than a loop. Yes. And that's it. I mean, it was... There was no reason for it. There was no justification. There was nothing. It just was simply a loop. That, and I don't, I don't know if I understand it completely, but I don't think I really need to. Okay. I don't think there's anything okay. to understand or yeah, yeah, or anything to do about it. Yes. Yes. Just got caught in that loop. Yes. Did you get caught in it? Did did you believe? Yeah, okay. I think I did. Okay. All right. Trying to figure out why is this happening? You know, I've had, you know, umpteen years of being healthy. Yes. I've never had illnesses or other than, you know, just routine things. You stockpiled it all for now, did you? Yeah, I guess so. But I don't know what sent me into the loop. Yeah. Or this morning, all of a sudden, what? It just all of that, the reasons, the justifications, and all that stuff I've been thinking was gone. Yes. And I thought, how simple. Yes. It's just simple. It's very simple. Yes. And so, so where where are you now around health getting better or health being another? sequence better can it go either way or do you feel that the loop was causing illnesses I think the the loop was creating the illnesses ah do you okay I think okay and so if you're not in the loop but good health doesn't come back to you just doesn't come back I guess all right that's okay. Yeah. 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 It is. Yeah. Yeah. Because there can be other causes for bad health. I, yeah. It it doesn't feel it doesn't feel authentic to to say okay so so then the loop created these illnesses, no loop, no illnesses. It's like, mm, yeah. mm, okay, no loop. Let's see what the body does. Let's see. Okay. That, that, that feels more, more open and available to... S- there's, there's no controller there, you know? There's right. more of a like, okay, let's see, as a willingness to learn and see what can come up next. Yeah, I think that that's right because what, when I heard that word loop... It was like suddenly, I don't need to figure out why yes. this is happening yes. or what I've done to deserve this yes. or well, how am I creating yes. something, yes. you know, because it was always about, there was always something just moving around in my head that was uh-huh. causing me to think more about it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. And it's just a loop. Yes. And it seemed uh, everything just Simplified. Just got simple. Got simple. All right. Right. Okay. Yeah. If it... I can find you now. Yeah, I can find you. So, so at least that kind of chaos and, and mind loop 
won't be in your system now. And if that means your health gets better or not, let's see. Yeah. And it was a lot of different things. It wasn't just one thing. Yeah. It's just a lot of different things. Yes. Good. I don't think I need to do anything more with it. I completely agree with you. Completely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just returning to the stillness. And any any analysis with it is just avoiding the stillness. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and that's that's how it felt this morning when I heard that word simplistic and it was just quiet. It wasn't a lot of chaos. Anymore. Yeah. I'm glad you came to the end of that loop. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it swept you up all right. It did, and I what started it, I have no idea. Um, just did. It just did, yeah. I don't need to figure that out. Yeah. Either. No, but sometimes, well, we don't need to figure it out, but here's just an idea of what might be of use to people. Um, if, if, if you have a new experience that you haven't had before, like if you've got good health your whole life, you really don't know how to deal with, with the onslaught of bad health then. You just, you just don't know how to deal with it. So it's going to dig up. It's going to dig up. It's going to be used to dig up some ego stuff. Do you know? Because you, 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 you just don't have a way of like, oh yeah, that happened. You know, like, if you're somebody who... Crashes the car a good bit, you know? If, like, it's like, it becomes kind of normal. It's like, okay, there we go again. You know, you know, it becomes normal for you. Whereas the first time it's like, oh my good God, how did I, you know, and you run this crazy stuff. It's just like stuff becomes kind of normal then. So, especially later in life, if you've had a good health, I've seen that with people who are like 50 plus, And if illnesses happen then, the confusion it leads is just because you just didn't know where to put it. And it will pull up anything that's mm-hmm. remaining in the ego. You know? So, like, if something new happens in your life, be like a child. It's like, okay, okay, how do I deal with this? Hmm, I don't know how to live with this. Even if you're crashing your car. It's like, oh, goodness, I haven't crashed the car in 20 years. But what, how do I deal with this? Do you know, let there be that open, innocent availability of a kid learning something new rather than, rather than going back in and finding, you know, attaching to some egoic pattern. So there's a place for that innocence and that welcoming of new experiences. As we get older, we tend to not have it because our society is, well, you know how it works now. You know, it's just kind of more of the same. It's like, no, no, keep that innocence and that open availability to... To, to, to have new experiences. They'll keep coming. They'll keep coming. And a new experience brings, let it be welcomed with a new template, not dragging up something from the old in order to put it in there. Because you miss what's new. You miss the freshness that's available in life all the time. You know? So the fresh, freshness is just a new experience. Any new experience. Any new experience. Any new. Yeah. Okay. So for anything new that comes in, like... Being available rather than yeah. slotting it in to something else. Yeah, and trying to figure it out. And then trying to figure it out. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And there was one other thing. Uh-huh. Um, 
and this has just been happening in the last week or two, and often things start popping up when I'm like coming here to see you or ever, and I'm, it feels like, I don't even know how to say this, but it sounds kind of stupid. It feels like, and I know this happens as you get older, I feel like my body is shrinking. I mean, and I know it does as you get older, but it's more than that. Ah, It's more, um, it's more than just normal aging, huh. getting shorter. It's more than that. Is it your physical body, Barbara, or is it your, your, your energy field, your space? Is it, is it all of you, or is it no. physical? Physical. physical. It's just physical. And so, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's, I don't know. It, and it's only been in the last two or three weeks that it's just, it's, it's like, I, I don't even know if it's a sensation, it's an awareness more. And I'll tell you, there's a little bit of fear with it. Okay. There's a little bit of fear. It's like dissolving. But it's, yeah, I, and I think that's the bottom line. Yeah. It's the little fear. Yeah. And whether that has to do with dying or whether it has to do with, I, I don't know what else, what it could be. Yes. You know, I haven't dwelt on it. You know, yes. I haven't spent a lot of time with it. Yes. I, I do recognize fear, though. Yes. There. Fear of or fear itself? <clears throat> Not sure whether it's fear of disappearing or fear of just fear. Just fear. That's and the that's first thing pretty much run my life anyway. So, less and less. Yeah. Much less than what it did before. Yeah. We spoke about fear of physical death before, didn't Mm -hmm. we? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think I was more ready to give in to it or something. I mean, it was, it had been going on for yeah. And that was a year, almost a year and a half then. Yeah. And it definitely seemed like that there was an acceptance that physical death, you know. Yeah. It's common. You know, it's mm-hmm. common to all of us, but, but there yeah. are some times when it's like really common. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's in your face and you're like, oh my gosh, this really is going to happen to me. It's not just conceptual. This is really going to happen to me. Um, I want, I'm, I'm not sure if there's another layer of that. I'm putting my money on fear itself, but you've got to figure it out. But Yeah, and it's new. It's a, yeah. something that's just only been happening the last couple of weeks, yeah. other than what yeah. happened before. Yeah. Last February. Yeah. Yeah. When I'm tuning into you, I'm, I'm finding fear itself, like existential fear, just fear. And sometimes we... So, sometimes our... Um, our f- okay, so pure consciousness, you know, and, and as it rolls out and, and we tune into it and we have a capacity to be aware as that and then we have a capacity to be aware of as individuals and we're working on the bandwidth for both. That seems to be our theme this weekend. 
as more of you um, can pick up, can be aware of pure consciousness. It's like we spoke about, you know, love, potentiality, loving, the verbs, perceiving, beauty a little bit. Um, these things, before they come into form, before something is beautiful, before they manifest into the story world, in and of themselves, fear can be there too. It's like the essence of fear before, before it becomes story-connected fear. And sometimes when we roll back, when our perception is there, we're going to hit fear itself. Now, the ones that are deeper, funnily enough, are the ones that are more authentic. So the love, beauty, truth, they actually have, they're there before the fear, which is kind of nice. If you've, if you've ever had that battle of like good and evil, if, for those of us who've had to ha actually deal with that and figure out actually which one is stronger, it's kind of nice to discover, wow, actually good is the origin and fear is a, a dualistic rolling out from that. So as we peel back, of course there is an abundance of beauty, of love, of truth, of those positive ones, if I put a dualistic label on it. But fear is there also. And when it rises up as, as the potential to, you know, to, to create duality, to create the idea that, that, that there is absence, that something can be missing or less than, these things originate in fear. You know? so, so when you hit fear itself, it can be quite an experience. Because it's not fear of something, so you have no issue you can work it out with. You know the absolutes that you're heading back there, but this is fear itself, and it's like, hey, whoa, this one is strong. I'm dropping right back, but yet there's fear here? How come? I've always associated fear with the dualistic thing, but the origin of fear, existential fear, shows up, and a lot of us have to actually transcend that. You have to see through that element of fear. And then the beauty of it is that you discover you know, that what's prior to it doesn't have fear at all. It's a derivative of, of, of the movement towards duality. So transcending fear itself, it's my guess that that's what Barbara's on, actually. She's on, there's no fearful story. It's fear itself. That's what I'm picking up that she's touching. Um, there's no easy way around that. If you use a spiritual concept at that level, oh, level, oh my God, you're going to get ricocheted so fast into the dualistic <coughs> that you won't know what hit you. You can't use, oh no, no, that's just fear. That's just, uh, you know, I know that love and truth and beauty are, are much more, uh, you know, closer to source than fear. And it's like, okay, okay, if you're going to bypass this one, you'll get your ass kicked. So when it comes up existential fear, if it does, isn't on your path, lucky for you. But if it is, if it comes up, there is no other way except to go through it. You've got to figure out what it is, <coughs> what it does. You have to walk through that one. And, and, and you do come out the other side. But it, it can show up as being quite consuming. Quite consuming. It's like the potency of fear itself is being explored go into it. If, it's, if, it's, if there's fear itself, 
hitting you at any stage on your path. Fear itself that's not attached to a story, go into it. Some people have transcended it by saying, all right, okay, I can feel it. Okay, I'm going to stop everything. I'm going to lie on the floor right now and, okay, show me what you got. Show me what you got. Let this thing get as big as it's going to get and see what happens. And you, you end up finding the core of it is empty, but by God, does it rattle you. <laughs> but you have, to, you have to find it out for yourself. That's not a piece of information you can buy, you know, <coughs> grab off the shelf. You, you've got to do it yourself. So I think that's what's going on, Barb. I think that's, you're there. That's what I'm feeling. Yeah. It's existential fear. Because there have been some other things that have happened fairly recently where fear has come up, but it's been bigger than it needed to be. And I knew that. Aha. I knew that, but yeah. I didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. 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 There we go. Yeah, take a walk with fear. Mm -hmm. Figure out what that is. Get to know it, understand it, you know, energetically or your essence to, to figure it out, you know. And right. if, if you get words for it, fine. If you don't, it doesn't matter. That's not always your way. But, but, right. but you can feel into something and absolutely know its level of authenticity and its role. That's really what you're... What's the level of authenticity of fear? What is it in its essence? That's what you've got to have the recognition of internally. <coughs> okay, I think I understand. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Thank you. Okay, sure. Sure. Will we do lunch or, or a 10 minute break? Are people hungry? What's the story? Hungry. Hungry? hungry? hungry. <laughs> All right, perfect.